Welcome, everybody, to episode 196 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me wondering if podcasting in a tank top is the right choice at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. Our sleeves getting in the way of your best work. I guess I just don't spit enough hot fire into the mic that I need to wear a tank top to record our show. But you can find me on Twitter commenting on those that do at SEATJK. <laughs> that is such a podcast inside baseball. It really is. Joke, but it's it funny. was a wild photo. <laughs> Terrific! It was amazing. Um, well, this week, you know, we're 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 talking a little bit about firsts, and so you know, a lot of things going on in my world. But we'll get to that. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about movies, movie firsts, uh, some other famous firsts throughout history, and um, maybe some of our first memories. Um, you know, we'll go I don't have any time. of those. <laughs> my my databanks have been wiped. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic style. Gotta make room for the for the gigs. Right. I've got 12 gigaquads of data in my head. And we'll talk about the stupidest things ever said. And in the overtime, we'll talk a little bit about school curriculum. Mm-hmm. The controversial mm. kind. <laughs> it sounds tasty. But you'll have to wait, listeners, until we get there. Yeah. We appreciate you putting up with us being a day late. Um, I had the, the booster shot sickness. Uh, I thought we'd be okay. I uh, thought I would, you know, recover in time to record last night. And it just hit me more quickly than it had uh, with the other vaccinations. And uh, I'm feeling better now, though. Yeah, that's what happens when you get vaccinated with crack cocaine. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, but I went down to the street. I went down the street and I got my vaccination from this dude who was down I'm, there. <laughs> <laughs> it is honestly like so the first like the first round was at like the like the hospital. Mm hmm. And this is like at the drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you not down with drugstore the 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 pharmacist like the, the pharmacist doing your shots? I don't know, just a couple of like she's got some shower caddies full of needles. <laughs> it's a little sketch, man. <laughs> it was another situation much like the double D meets where my desire to be assertive served me well though because I I get there for the drop-in appointments. I'm probably mm. the sixth person in line. They only do 15 a day. You got to be there like 45 minutes to an hour early before they okay. start the appointments. And I'm um, waiting and I know like I, I roughly know who was there before me, but I'm, I wasn't that paying that close of attention to who was already sitting down. And so, sure. you know, again, being in the Northwest, people like to be they like to have their turn. Right. They want to call me when it, it's my turn. And this was very much like, all right, who's first? I'm first. And, <laughs> I didn't do that because <laughs> I knew I wasn't first, uh-huh. but I knew and I knew I wasn't the guy who was first was very much like. I was here first. Right. Okay. So good for him. Fair. Uh, and then the next next person's you know, second, a little bit, little bit of a delay. Third, suddenly nobody's getting up. And like, there's a guy who's sitting across from me. I'm like, I, and I even said to him, I know you were here before me. And he just didn't acknowledge me. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. And I just stood up and walked <laughs> back there. <laughs> uh, and I walked in there because she called, she had called again for uh-huh. next by the time I got back there. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. People don't want to be assertive. And she's I'm like, next. yeah, let's just get it done. Let's do it. But Let's uh, get this. But the, I tell you, uh, you only have to you only have to hear one story about a, a coworker who still has brain fog two years ago from her case of COVID to, to mm. keep me uh, happy to get the the continued jabs. <laughs> right, right. The uh, I have had I do get my I get my I get my flu shot at the supermarket ph- pharmacy. Oh, which okay. is yeah, even, yeah. Which is which is even yeah. better still because you're yeah, like by standing. Because <laughs> you have to stand by the yogurt. Yeah. While you're waiting for them to call you into the thing to give you a jab, and and for some odd reason, like the the pharmacist seems much more harried than getting shots at other at like other places because you know I know the the pharmacist at the supermarket is like busy. There's a busy mm-hmm. person. She got mm-hmm. she got they got orders to fill and all these other things and. And she's got to take time out of her deal to come give you a shot. Like she's ready to just stick that thing in you, like, and then bail. Like oh yeah, there was no delays. They're not there to dick around. Mm-mm. And then back to the yogurt you go. Anyway, crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're feeling better tonight, though. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big plus. All right, um, let's uh, let's talk about well, my big first this week. 
was mm-hmm. I got to participate in my first meeting as a public servant. And um, I got to say, it was, right. a little, it, was a, it, was, it was a little nerve-wracking. I'll have, mm-hmm. to, I'll have to say that I was much more nervous coming into this than any other thing that I'd been doing in this process. Like interviewing for, interviewing for a job is one thing. Getting a job is a second thing. You know, it's speaking like, on the record is a different story. Right? It's like dogs. It's like a dog that chases a car, right? It's like the, what? What's when the dog catches the car? What is? Yeah, you know, what? Are you, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> but you just, you do the gig, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So I I I I wheeled myself into that Zoom and sat down and did my <laughs> did my duty. I think it's a bummer that it's a Zoom. Like I wanted to see you, you know, in the. Does your does have you seen the oh, actual yeah. city council like room? Uh-huh. Like yeah, yeah. Before I, you know, I was. Are you the I, honorable Chris Villasenor? <laughs> I am. No, I don't know. It's not honorable. I think you just council member. We mm. just refer to each other as council member. And uh, and it's um, yeah. I have seen the room because um, I did attend a few meetings prior to COVID uh-huh. because I was a planning commissioner. So um, so I did go to a few and then haven't they haven't been back since but um so what makes you nervous about it though i think just the you know this is going on your permanent record like Mm. for real (laughs) and i think that's the big thing it's like you you have to go in there and you have to you have to understand where you stand walking in the door like it's not that like we just have this little conversation every week right you and i like sometimes i have a point of view but a lot of times i just want to hear your point of view and then sort of like say oh that's interesting let me let's jump into your let's jump into your idea and yeah this and, is like why and, i can never and, be a stand-up comedian i, I right. i'm i'm funny in reaction to things but never like just wholesale like, right like yeah exactly like prepare could you prepare a routine right that's the you know that's that's difficult like be to but if someone says something funny it's fun to build on something right mm-hmm. but Politics is not a place <laughs> to like build on ideas for some odd reason, right? I mean, it should be. It, that sure. seems that seems unfortunate that you're not yeah. allowed to you know go in there and have a an actual meaningful debate about the the right ways to go about doing things, right? Right, because it doesn't feel like an entirely safe place for someone to say, like especially maybe somebody who you know is coming at it from a different angle to say, hey, what about this? Say, hey, that's really interesting. Let's jump around. Let me jump over there and let's talk about this. How, that, how that's a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Because then, of course, you know, you're out of your lane. It's like and then if you come back to your lane, you're like, well, are you a flip flopper? Did you not know what you're doing? Did you not understand the problem? It's like, no, I do. But I but I really would love to talk about it. I'd really love to be I'd love it. I'd love for the uh, the experience to be more collaborative, but I don't right. really feel like it's going that direction. I think you have to Weird. You, you have to be buttoned up. You have to understand where you land on these subjects, and is that and because I, if go ahead, sorry, no, and I just and I and I want to be and and I'm going to try to be open to I'm going to try to be open to the perspectives, and I want to understand, and I'm gonna and I I think. I want to splash around, but I don't know how successful that's going to make me in the long term, which may or may not, I may or may not care about, right? Well, you have to learn the, the art of the back channel, right? Isn't that where all the actual <laughs> the actual work gets done off the floor, right? Yeah, but, you know, in Washington, they have this thing called the Open Meetings Act, where mm. if you, there's seven, there are seven council members. If you end up talking about the same subject with three of them, you've created a public meeting. If you do it individually still? Yes. Mm. There's even a thing called a chain meeting. So let's say I talk to you Uh and then I talk to somebody else and then you talk to somebody else about the same thing. That's four of us who've talked about the same thing. That's a quorum. That's an illegal public meeting. (laughs) So you're not allowed to debate it in real time. You can debate it in real time with one person no 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 but like in the council meeting like you can debate it i mean i'm not saying you're not allowed to Mm -hmm. but you can't change your mind (laughs) like in real time no without being attacked by the supposed right non-partisan non-opposition folks that you know it's not it's not non-opposition but it's non-partisan well, anyway, you don't run as R's and D's. Well, okay, sure, but you have your feelings, and that's who sure. You're, yeah, yeah, that's true. But the but 
I guess if I knew someone who was going to be very much opposed to what I'm going to say, I could reach out to that person prior to the meeting and we could have a discussion mm-hmm. and then we could leave it at that. And as long as, as long as he doesn't have a discussion or she doesn't have a discussion with two more people about it, we haven't created a public meeting. So I guess how liable are you for starting that chain of events? Well, let's see. If I started the chain of events and then that person talked to two other people about it and created a public meeting, I think it would be on that person. Okay. Not on me because I would. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how this goes. I think I'm, I'm, I'm by nature collaborative and I don't, and I, and hope, and I hope I could bring some of that into this, but you know, you have to do it. You have to do it very carefully. It'll be fun to watch you turn into a cynic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over the next few months or yeah, years. Yeah, by the end of this, it'd be like, oh, what the hell? Let Nothing it burn. Can, yeah, Let it burn. Like Let it all burn. <laughs> <laughs> How intense can it be for a town of 13,000 people? I don't know. It's pretty intense, I think. Right. We'll see. All right, let's jump into this. Segment number one. All right, so as part of firsts today, um, I thought I'd jump into first, uh, you know, directorial debuts. Right. So, you know, we live in a world of great filmmakers. <laughs> we do. There are a lot of them. But, and, but some of them don't start as great filmmakers, but some of them do get off to a pretty, pretty hot start. It's kind of like being in a band. Debut yeah. record. Like, uh-huh. not always great, but sometimes it's the only good one. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's sort of like, what's, what's your creative well like, right? Where, mm-hmm. where are you pulling from? Because I think if you're a band, sometimes you're trying to find yourself. Same thing with maybe if you're directing a movie or even acting. Yeah. They always, but sometimes you have a vision and that's it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the common the common thing in music is you have your whole life to write your first album and like right. six weeks to write your second album. <laughs> and that's the thing with, I would imagine, directorial debuts as well. It's like if you have a story that's been kicking around in your head for 10 or 15 years that you've mm-hmm. been wanting to get on film. And you finally and you finally get a chance to make it the way you want to make it, and right. and it and it comes out like just the way you want it, then um, that's a that's an amazing that's an amazing thing. So um, I'm going to start. Okay. My my uh, my my, my uh, directorial debut that I really like is The Sixth Sense by M Night Shyamalan. Unbelievably great. Do you remember how? Again, it was it was definitely pre-internet, like pre pre-social media for sure. Mm-hmm. And so you could keep a secret. <laughs> like it's hard to keep a secret these days. You can't. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I bitch I bitch almost weekly about people on the East Coast tweeting about HBO shows or like a, the, whatever the new episode of the Disney Plus. Like, stop it! Stop <laughs> tweeting about it. Right. It's like us on the West Coast. We have the like like the, to spring that ending and like. And be able to to sit there and 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 sort of live it up for the first time, and then have to sort of go back through it and go, oh wow, you know. I think uh, you know, and you can you you can argue whether or not he's been successful or not successful uh, the rest of his career. I think he's got some bright spots here and there, but uh, but for that, I think he's, that first that first go was was pretty sweet. I think he's a good filmmaker and I think he's unfairly maligned because people got very attached to this idea that he always have. I, I think he started to do what people expected of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm the twist guy. I'm the twist guy. Can I bring you the, can I, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I didn't see the last one he made the beach one where people get old or young or whatever that thing is. I'll, I guess I'll catch up to it at some point, Right. but no one's talked about it. So <laughs> it may or might not be very good. That, um, you know, the, the thing about The Sixth Sense, too, is it was the kind of thing where everyone who saw it knew they shouldn't spoil it for you. Yes. It reminds people, me, I don't know if you but saw social media, But social media wrecks people's, like, ability to keep a secret. Like, they have to let you it know they wrecks know. their behavior in general. <laughs> <laughs> but in this way, for certain. I did like, this reminds me of... of the, the, there was a story, I want to say, during the height of Game of Thrones, maybe six, seven years ago now, whenever, whenever it first started, um, that the teacher couldn't get his class to settle down. Uh-huh. And he's like, you're all watching. He would talk about Game of Thrones. He's like, oh, so everyone's watching the show, right? Yes. He's like, well, I've read all the books. And if you don't start paying attention, I'm going to tell you who died. I'm going to tell you everyone that dies. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, I, as far as directorial debuts go, I, I have to point to Frank Darabont. And the fact that I discovered actually in preparation for this show 
that the Shawshank Redemption was his first uh, film, which is yeah. crazy that you could make a movie like that with the kind, especially with the kind of suspense building and revealing types of shots that did the way that the camera is used in that movie. Like, you know, you think about the, um, obviously the shot from above in the rain is the very famous one, but like the, mm-hmm. the scene where they're on the roof and the way he uses like the perspective to, uh, to heighten the, the dread when they're hanging, you know, and Clancy Brown's hanging Andy off the edge of the, the roof and yeah. so on. And that, for that to be your, your, for to make a, it's almost like writing a perfect pop song, like your first time out. Mm-hmm. That was also like, you know, just also resonant. Um, incredible to me that you could make a movie like that with your first uh, directorial debut. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I'm sure like nothing happens, nothing happens sort of by accident. Like, you know, they, people work their way up through, you know, they do lots of little things, they do things and they work up and then through. But to get that as your first movie with mm. that cast and that, I mean, yeah, it's 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 crazy good. Well, it's not just even the cast; it's just the way the movie is put together, right? It's it's there's no fat on the movie. It, it's incredible. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like a person's first film. Mm-mm. Yeah, the <laughs> the next one I'm gonna say is Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi, sure, which is an amazing feat for a person with no money to like go into the streets and make like a, an action film like that guerrilla style and come up with something that's entertaining. Now, now it, it looking back, it comes off as a little bit simplistic. I mean, but, but it has a lot of heart to it, right? It's got a lot of, um, you know, I really love those, like a, like a John Woo, like a, Hong Kong film because it just mm-hmm. feels like holy shit they're making this up and making stuff blow up right. and I think that's what Robert Rodriguez did he's like okay you guys are gonna run from here to here we're gonna like make stuff blow up <laughs> don't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just run fast and we'll give you these like plastic squirt guns like these squirt gun Uzis and we're gonna make a movie and make it entertaining and uh and Rodriguez is always Rodriguez is has given me plenty of uh plenty of enjoyment over the years like sometimes i'm not sure like what he's going to give me like sometimes his name ends up on stuff and you're like "Ooh, is this going to be any good <laughs> but when he's good man he's terrific i'm totally down with him i'm trying to equate it to another music like there's definitely another uh, another parallel we can draw with like pop music production but uh, where i can't quite put my finger on it I, i'm kicking around a bunch of names in my head but i, I you know where it's like uh, this should be good but i'm not sh-. like max martin for instance that's that's Max Martin is the Robert Rodriguez of pop music. Okay, do I know Max Martin? Oh, for sure. If you looked up like Mac, songs produced or written by Max Martin, you would okay. be like, "There's like five all-time classics, and then like hits that are shitty are in there too." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of shitty pop hits also. Got it. Uh, Got for it. me, I, I have um, "Boys in the Hood," mm. which I couldn't again believe that was John Singleton's first movie because I just you know I'm young when this comes out, twelve years old or whatever. Right. Um, and then the fact that John Singleton really never makes anything like this, or at least as good as this, or he ne- never achieves these heights ever again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're right. But again, that might be that might be that that same sort of he just told this story that was in his soul. Right. Right. And that's hard to reproduce. I mean, that's the that's the I wrote the one great novel and yep. like I'm never going to write another one. Cause this was the one that I was meant to do and it was completely authentic and it's amazing. And it launched some decent, it launched some careers. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the, uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's also I mean, time it, when it comes yeah, out, like the fact that it's right? 91 and we've had all these, like what, two or three spike movies at that point. Mm hmm. And then now we've got, oh, wow, look at this. Now we've got this new guy and he's making cool shit too. And I mean, I like, you know, I mean, I like Four Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but it's not like good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's just nothing with the same kind of heart in his, in his. Uh, yeah. Again, his portfolio. I th- again, I think that's a, that's a story that came out of his soul. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you can, um, that you can that you can really 
that you can reproduce, right? It's just nothing. I don't even know. I mean, I think I think uh, your 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 comparison to Spike Lee there is like also the same, in that you know those first Spike Lee movies just came out of his soul. Yeah, right. They were just they were just they were just stories that he lived in the streets, and he had the will and an artistic eye to put that all together and uh, and make it something make it something real. Yeah, I mean, I guess John Singleton he did what Poetic Justice and then yeah. and Higher Learning, it's like it's okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But then like so that's different the difference for me is that Spike even if I don't love, love all his movies, continued to have a point of view and like mm-hmm. was putting together something that was different than than everybody else. Right. And then John Singleton starts making like Shaft and Too Fast, Too Furious. Right. It just kind of, he starts making pop music. Is is Too Fast, Too Furious John Singleton? John Singleton, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. He was a big Tyrese guy. He did the the other, what's the other Tyrese movie? Um, Baby Boy. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. John Singleton. (laughs) That's something. The, um, I'm going to go with, uh, the next one I'm going to go with is, um, is uh, Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, Tarantino. I mean, For sure. obviously, this is the this is the this is the the movie that launched a thousand guys in black suits and black ties. <laughs> right? That first ten minutes of Reservoir Dogs, where they're just talking in the in the in the diner, is like everything you want from a Tarantino thing. It's just. This, these funny conversations that are laced in pop culture. It's very sort of inside baseball. It's a funny, it's a funny just sort of skewed look at pop culture. And then all of a sudden people just started getting killed. <laughs> it's like uh, dirty Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> it's like if Aaron Sorkin, I don't know if, I don't know if he's ever actually directed anything, but uh, he probably has at this point, but yeah. You know, Tarantino is a writer at heart, right? And then he also has a point of view on visuals, sometimes to his own detriment. Sure. Reservoir Dogs doesn't have any of his peccadilloes in it. It's a little bit on the high. There's a little bit of hyperviolence, but not. Mm-hmm. It's not over. A lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff that that sort of the movie is centered around happens off screen. Yeah, yeah. And then there's obviously those just those high points where you know, Madsen's like get a cut off right. <laughs> you know Madsen with a razor blade and Buscemi running down the street like all these sorts of uh that's just a great movie I need to watch it again I haven't watched it in a good long while but uh I'm sure I would I'm sure well, maybe I'll sit the young maybe maybe I'll sit, maybe I'll sit the the 12 year old down and we'll watch a little uh little Reservoir Dogs I'm sure he'd love it you know we could do this all night right like I could sit here and talk about say anything in camera crows camera crows first movie um we could talk about, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if Costner counts. He directed Dances <laughs> with Wolves. I won an Oscar. Yeah. Sex Lies yeah. Videotape. Well, the, the so Kevin Costner. The, the Dances with Wolves Oscar is tainted. <laughs> That's the Goodfellas Stop Oscar. It. Stop it. That's Scorsese's Oscar. People really, I felt there was a real outpouring of emotion towards me after Dances with Wolves. <laughs> And so I'm, I, it's a soft spot in my heart. Yeah. No, there are a lot of, maybe we might revisit this. I do have to mention one more, only because I'd never heard his name until I looked into this. And John Wick was directed by a first-time director, yeah, Chad Stahelski, yeah, who I'd never heard from. Who like I'd, like a stunt guy? Like I think he came from like the stunt the stunt side of the of okay. Hollywood, and and they and they gave him the reins, and Keanu was down with it. And hey, Keanu's like twelve billion dollars richer now because and Chad Stahelski, man, can shoot some action. The, <laughs> the thing about the thing that's crazy about John Wick is that. It's completely frenetic, only you never lose contact with what's happening. Right. Which is very hard to do. I mean, watch some of those Paul Greengrass Bourne movies and tell me that it's easy to follow. Well, yeah, because the because the choreography is so clean that mm-hmm. they can film it that way. Like, you know, it's it's rehearsed. It's like ballet. It's not it's it's like a it's like a giant dance number is what a John Wick movie is. It's it's And we're know. getting another one. <sighs> Can't. Next year, just keep bringing them, and you know that that <laughs> Matrix Keanu Resurrection, 65. right? That Matrix Resurrection movie looks pretty entertaining. I think I'll definitely I'll enjoy that. Why does he have long hair? He would not have long hair. I don't believe that for a second. Because <laughs> Keanu likes to have long hair now. Yes. All right. Segment number two. 
All right, from f- movie firsts to sort of historical firsts. The um, you know, in you know, I think I think tonight's show is a little bit about just say, hey, fresh starts are coming, right? New Year's mm-hmm. coming, mm-hmm. but yeah, but but regardless of what you've done, good or bad, someone's already done it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, right. And sometimes it's um, sometimes when when things are new, it's easy to put too much value on the first people. You know, it's like eh, I'm the first person to ever, whatever. Okay. But, I don't but, know. You didn't give me a lot to go on here. So I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> so I'm going to, but I'm going to, but I'm going to go back in history and sort of say, okay. here are the first, here are the first people who may have done something. Okay. So, um, and so let's see this woman, 1867, Lucy Hobbs Taylor. She is the first woman to become a 1867. Yeah. And you're quizzing me? I'm supposed to know who Lucy Hobbs Taylor is? Is this ju- fucking saying. Jeopardy? She, yes, it's Jeopardy. <laughs> I wagered zero dollars. I don't know. All right. She is the, she's the first certified dentist. <laughs> no, okay. but really, but I mean, like, there's a woman who's a certified dentist in 1867. That's pretty badass. That's pretty good. Was a, she that's the a, first woman or the first, first certified dentist, period? First, first woman to become the, a certified dentist. Got it. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, when, in looking at these things, you realize that... that um, you know the groundwork for for women in the workplace or women in profession started like a long time ago. I mean, that's like you know. I think it's yeah, usually driven by necessity, probably. Yeah, but it's great. I mean, I, I this is what I sort of um, came came to. How about Victoria Woodhull in 1872 was the first woman to run for the presidency of the United States? Wow, in 1872, before women could even vote. I'm sure. I'm sure she heard a lot of wild shit on the campaign trail. You think? <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine 1872 being a woman and going into the streets and saying, "I am running for the presidency of the United States," and all the kinds of wild shit like that was said to her. Well, considering it's been 150 years and uh, that's still happening, uh, no, I can't. I mean, I, I, I can believe it. One, and uh, and and two, it's very sad. It is a little bit sad. It's but, a lot sad, actually. I, yeah, but I can ima- I can't imagine the just the the crazy shit that she heard in her in her in her run for the presidency of the United States. That's like when you could just say any like it's just the street of like some like like the street of New York City where some like who knows some person would say. I I mean I my brain couldn't even like I couldn't even make my brain go to the place where. I could imagine what no. was actually said to her. The worst the, things terrible. You think, the, <laughs> the worst parts of humanity certainly bubbled up. And that's what I'm saying. 150 years later, I'm pretty sure that, that we're still hearing it. Oh, yeah. All right. So, on a little bit of a tangent, um, what was the first food ever microwaved? I mean, it should have been a burrito, but it probably... <laughs> <laughs> burrito. It's the best microwave food, burrito. Only second to only second to maybe this, huh? I don't I don't know. It's um, pop. It's popcorn. Oh, really? That was the first. Yeah, the first food ever microwaved on purpose. That's what it says. The article says oh. on purpose. Like, what else did they do accidentally? The first microwave oven was built by the Raytheon Corporation in 1945. Okay, yeah, that and sounds they, right. And they popped some popcorn. Yeah, they, they repurposed the gun technology that wasn't working for at home cooking. <laughs> that's amazing. Nineteen forty five. That's a that's a uh, that's a pretty uh, you know. I can't well, imagine we why they were experimenting gonna... with microwaves in the nineteen mm-hmm. forties. Well, I mean, they wanted to zap. They wanted right. to zap communists with it. They're blowing up tomatoes in a lab, right? With, a, like, mic- this is, with this a microwave sweet. emitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can get water to boil at like three feet. I wonder if we can make it boil at like two hundred yards. Right. <laughs> if I just focus this beam. In nineteen seventy four, this man, Dave Kunst, K U N S T. All right, is the man who's first credited to walking all the way around the world. Obviously, not over the oceans. <laughs> he did not swim. 
but there's a picture of him in this like a, a, a pack mule and he is credited as the first verified person to walk all the way around the earth interesting does it give you like the ports of entry that he uses um i could i know i didn't i didn't dig right. much deeper than i'm that. just curious my sense, like a... my sense is he walks sort of around the northern hemisphere in some way shape or form like he just sort of like you know then he walked in like new york he went from minnesota to like new york city then took a boat to europe and then walked across asia and then grabbed a boat in hong kong and then just marco polo it just Marco Polo it. Yeah, I don't think his I don't think his horse slash donkey here is getting enough credit for walking all the way around the world with him. He got a pack animal. It's not a bad deal. Probably more than one. You think you think he killed them? You think he killed? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how hard it is to keep a donkey going. <laughs> I mean, he had to have like a ten like a two week rest crossing the Atlantic, right? No, yeah, and that's the nice thing about the you know you don't you just like the the donkey just eats the grass. And, you know, drinks the water out of the stream just like you do. Wait, what year is it? 1974. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was like, I'm talking about like steamships. Like it's 1922. I'm sure it was like not that long across the ocean. I don't know how long it takes to. Yeah. Here's a, here's a great thing. Uh, Here's a, here's one of these uh, great moments in, in uh, human history where the first, the first dog and animal to ever go into space (laughs) into orbit. It's Laika, the dog. It's a very cute doggy that they, in 1957, they just jacked into space. <laughs> it's a Russian dog, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, let's see. Yeah. No. Oh, God. Tragically, the charming little model then became the first animal to die in space yeah. as, her, as her ride, the Sputnik 2, was not engineered for re-entry. Oh, Correct. my God. No, they shot the dog into space with no intention of bringing it back. I know this story. <laughs> Six to eight days to cross the Atlantic in a boat. Yeah, so not a big deal. Just grab. Can I bring my donkey with me? Can I, can I, I'd like a. I'd like a uh, ticket for the Queen Mary, please. <laughs> or the Queen Elizabeth, whatever the Queen Mary, the Queen Mary, the QE. I'm no longer yeah. familiar with the the, the, the sailing ships seafaring the... vessels of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> All right. In August 17th, 1896, poor Bridget Driscoll was the first pedestrian ever hit and killed by a car. <laughs> God, poor person. I guess somebody had to, but that's all. That's a terrible. Can you imagine? It's just a terrible thing to do. That's a terrible thing to have happen to you. I mean, I can't imagine the scenario. I mean, well, we're, we're setting records now. For like the number of pedestrians get killed every year, right? Because we're making these giant trucks that nobody can see. I can't see the street, so I can't see the pedestrian. Yeah, well, this is good. This is going to be like speaking of local politics. Um, my in the first, uh, my plan for the first meeting next of of uh, twenty twenty two is to tell people like, please buy a reflective vest if you're going to walk on the streets. I know you have New Year's resolutions. I know we all need to be a little more active, but do not be a street ninja, like dressed all in black in the shadowy sides of the street that have no sidewalks. Right. Our neighborhood's like this too. There's very and, few street lights and no sidewalks. And there's people, guy, there's just this guy who walks his dog and all, he's wearing all black. Basically, yes. <laughs> With the hood up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I see the dog usually first, <laughs> right? Because the dog is moving in a way that isn't sort of, Right, maybe catches, catches your eye. Yeah. yeah, but just come on, folks. Just, just grab a, you know, grab a, grab a, grab a thing. Get one of those reflective coats. That's all reflective. Those <laughs> yeah. things are awesome. <laughs> that is, that that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. Um, you might know this one. This is a very trivial pursuit kind of question. 1967, first African American become a Supreme Court justice. I don't know it. I don't. I. I don't know. Thurgood Marshall. Okay, so I was going to say that, and I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. How about the first host of Saturday Night Live, nineteen seventy-five? The first host? Uh huh. Did they even do celebrities back then? Uh huh. Mm, yeah. Nineteen seventy-five. First host of SNL. I, I, oh my God! Who is? This is before I'm even born. <laughs> I'm supposed to know. <laughs> 
Okay, this is a good kind of sort of again like a good trivial pursuit kind of question. Um, Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> that's a good. That is a. That is. I don't. George Carlin. George okay. Carlin see, that's a, that's. Yeah, that that would have been on the short list. No, that exactly. I mean, that's a that's a uh, that's a again a very sort of trivial trivial pursuit kind of thing. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of firsts here. This I'm going to end with this one. Okay. 1857. Joseph Gary invented the first roll of toilet paper. <laughs> but before he just had to use some leaves or the Sears catalog. I don't know what people did. <laughs> I think the Sears catalog is one of the things that people used for as toilet paper. They just would rip a page out and. Why were people ever using fuck? toilet paper? Why? What? Why were not washing our ass from the get go? <laughs> what are you Filipino? That's what the Filipinos do. It's called the tabo. There's like we, a. We have you, discussed the tabo <laughs> more than you once. know. You you know you're in a Filipino house when you show up in the bathroom and like there's a tabo in there. It's like I'm taboing at the in laws now. Oh yeah. They, nice. So uh, they, they they have the, they have the rig. They have the rig. They have the. the they don't the, have anything. Like, no, I, I. They have these like uh, in their bathroom. There's these like, three seashells. <laughs> Glass candle holders. <laughs> There's no candles in them, so I just fill one of them with water. <laughs> Do they know this? No, Do they know you're doing. They this? might now because I think I forgot to pour it out. Oh, last time. <laughs> I don't like to be. I like to be clean, man. So I, 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 I do a little. I get a little. Get a little it. water in the cup it. and then a little dip, dip. Make I sure we're 100 percent clean at the end. I'm telling you, my life, my when I was when I spent that time in Japan and the Toto. The Toto washlet was like everywhere. It was like the standard yeah. thing, and like you get that that warm burst of water. And it's like a dream. Yeah, it's like I mean, a dream. That, in my hotel room in Tokyo, uh, when I was there for work, I would just go sit on the toilet. I don't even do. Reading books. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just gonna read a magazine. Just, yeah, I don't even have to go to the bathroom. I'm just gonna turn this washlet on and like and make it go. Massage. <laughs> warm it's warm it warms itself if you go to my instagram you can find a picture of all the there's like 16 buttons on the thing dude i'm 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 so down with it all right let's go segment number three so we're going to talk about our first memories and i think let's go back to let's go back to this washlet thing (laughs) (laughs) the first time i sat on a toto washlet yeah and with the heated seat and the heated water jet it's 2013 oh like a dream dude so good it made me come back and uh, until until this pandemic, when the whole toilet paper thing happened, I'd never, mm-hmm. you know, closed that circle. And yeah. now I'll never go back. I can't. I, keep, I was I was very close. To, I unfortunately I have to like I would have to do a lot of electrical work in my house to like have a t- total washlet installed, yeah. which would increase the price by. Well, it's already like a six thousand dollar toilet, right? <laughs> Yeah. So what what would be like the difference between a six thousand dollar toilet and a sixty eight hundred dollar toilet, right? I could just have like eight hundred dollars worth of electrical done, whatever. It would be fine, right? I still might. <laughs> the well, I mean, if you can... ever redo the bathroom, you might as well, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? What I should do is I should save up the money I get from public service because I do get paid mm. every month, and so I should just save up that money for, and then at the end of my term, buy a total. <laughs> Just run an extension cord. <laughs> Staple an extension of, cord to the of, wall. What kind of what kind of hilarious? Like I have this six thousand dollar toilet and yeah. this like bougie, yeah. like this like, bougie stapled like orange. Yeah, like the orange. power in my yeah. garage. Like to get to the front. That's <laughs> how I'm running the fridge and the freezer. Like there's just a cord that's stapled to the ceiling, right? <laughs> Don't oh. complicate it. Just connect uh, it. Turn it I on. Totally, I totally should. I, I'm gonna. I think you've inspired me to do it. Or just like just just drill a hole in the wall and just plug a just and just from the other room and just put like an extension cord from a, a working outlet through the wall, yeah. the hole, and like put a grommet. I could even put a grommet in for there. sure. Yeah, done. Yeah, that's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. Or you can get one of those camping batteries, <laughs> charge it like once a week. <laughs> Yes. Now yeah. we're now these are solutions. These are solution real solutions to real world problems. Absolutely. All right. I look forward to telling you um, the story of the first time I got to use a total washlet in my home. But I look forward to hearing about it. 
But talking about first, I was trying to think, hey, let's go back in our brains and try to figure out like the first things we can sort of remember. No, okay. you're you laugh because you say, yeah, you had to like purge all these memories to keep, you know, rap lyrics in your head. Right. Yeah. It's I mean, critical is... that I knew all the Tupac <laughs> lyrics for All Eyes on Me. And the <laughs> and it's funny. It's a double my... album, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter has this thing where, like, because I always forget stuff. I say, "Oh yeah." She goes, well, "How could you forget that?" It's like, kid, you're you're young. You're like you're you're 16 years old. Like, I could keep a full 16 years of memories in my head. Mm-hmm. It, I could even keep maybe 25 years worth of memories in my head. But after once you get to about 30, things things it's hard. Well, I find what happens is that I just don't access the memories. Like I had a conversation with our friend Josh recently where he was saying this and this happened. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, and then he explained it to me. I was like, oh, I actually, I remember now, now that you've like forced my brain to conjure up that idea that I hadn't accessed since it happened because you're describing something that was shitty for me (laughs) (laughs) that I've chosen to forget. Right. That I just, I'm not accessing that memory on a regular basis, but Mm -hmm. yeah, they're in there. It's just about as as I've gotten older, the the warehouse where the arc is stored has become larger and larger and larger, and now I've lost some of the records, and right. so I need somebody who's who's used the records before to help me find them sometimes. Yes. How about uh, let's, what's the first toy that you can remember that you really that you really loved? The first toy I can remember, um, it would be just the Nintendo. I was we got that in the late latter part of 1984. I would have been five years old. Mm. And it just it was critical. I mean, I told the story on the podcast about the the talking teddy bear that that I like put the you know from Satna, mm. right? I like I, I went out there and like I was going to trick my parents by putting a a note from Santa. <laughs> this for me, Satna. Yeah. Um, either that or you know I mean probably like a speak and spell. I think. Uh huh. You know that's what stands out in my mind. Yeah. The first, the first, I mean, I had a lot of toys and I think I can kind of recall the toys, but I remember the first real toy that I really loved was, um, I was six years old. I was at the Sears in the toy section and the Star Wars toys had come out mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen Star Wars yet, but the toys were already on the thing. And I remember looking at that stormtrooper, that white outfit with the really cool helmet. And I thought, is he a scuba diver? Because like you know how they have the little yeah. thing on their back, and I'm like, he could be so many things to a little kid who doesn't know what what Star Wars is. Like right. so that stormtrooper, I so I pulled it off the shelf and I had my dad buy it for me. And again, before I had even seen Star Wars at all, and of course that stormtrooper, he was a scuba diver, he's <laughs> all these other things, and then of course you see it's like, oh what, what he's a bad guy. <laughs> it's like I didn't know, I didn't know anything, but then it obviously kicked off a large. Um, buying spree what i didn't realize is that all those sears star wars toys are all the the ones that were the special ones Mm. like we would just buy them you know we'd just go to the sears and i would buy like a couple of action figures and play with them and whatnot but if you had all the any of those like intact even without packaging they are the most sought after star wars toys that you could buy Mm -hmm. and i had them all it's the only place i bought Star Wars toys was Sears. I blew up a lot of G.I. Joe's firecrackers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's more realistic. Yes, of course. And they caught fire and then, ah, he's burnt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, rem- <laughs> I remember um, we got in big trouble, like, for blowing stuff up in the yard. My, my, mom, oh, yeah. was, my mom was not was not thrilled about that. No, I strapped a bunch of bottle rockets onto a model airplane I had spent, like, two weeks building. <laughs> <laughs> shot it off the deck of my grandparents' house so that it exploded in midair. It was awesome. I got a lot of trouble. Yeah. You got a whooping for that one? Uh, I don't think I got a whooping. I was just like, there's just a lot of yelling and and also like the school, like, you know, the disappointment and you spent all that time building it and then mm-hmm. you just blew it up. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I was done building it. Right. I'm like, I do right. look at it. Right. When you're eight years old or younger and your folks catch you playing with fire, <laughs> generally they're just, generally they get a little bit out of shape about it yeah yeah I can't, it's hard to blame them do you remember a favorite shirt a favorite shirt oh that is uh like a, i used to a, rock those i used to rock those um hawaii 84 
I had like my head are, aunt who got, lived there. Yeah, and she sent me hip, one every year. Those got hip again, like yes. recently. Yeah, it's a huge oh. block lettering. The eighty four. You know what really stands out in my mind is when I think I was in my probably sixth grade. Um, the the fancy kids had like those satin starter jackets, mm. and I really really wanted one. And as we discussed before, like we didn't really have a ton of means, so that was a big purchase for you know for me to get something like that. And then I finally got one for, uh, it was birthday or Christmas, I don't recall. But it was like, I wanted one from one of the cool teams. <laughs> and my mom got me, one. yeah, the no, my mom got one. me like the Royals one. Because <laughs> it like, you know, I mean, it's, they it's have a blue, nice color scheme. Nice, it's yeah. very cool looking. Uh-huh. But it's the fucking Kansas City Royals <laughs> in like 1989. Like, right. this is terrible. I'm a huge Hal McRae fan, mom. Uh, yeah, I, what are you, a big George Brett booster? <laughs> um, and then it like, it became this problem where then people in my family thought I was a Royals fan. So I kept getting like Royals <laughs> shit for like three or four years afterwards. And I'm like, look what you've done. I don't like the Royals. You're a Royals fan. Congratulations, you're a Royals fan. We live in the Northwest. You, I mean, just give me, I mean, the Mariners are terrible, but at least give me the local team. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Of that course. is such a hilariously typical. That's a typical. That's a very typical story. Like, I always see you wearing that Royals jacket around. Of course, you. Like, I thought you were a Royals fan. I got you a hat. Yes. And a notebook. Yeah, it's the hat, yeah. <laughs> well, you need a hat to go with the jacket. Right. Because I'm on the team, I guess. I guess. <laughs> the first, the, the one that I recall, I had this Christopher Reeve Superman shirt that I used to wear around. It was basically a. It had. It was back in the day where it was a ringer tee, mm-hmm. right? But it had like the iron on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, sure, yeah. Like the iron, like the the iron on. It was an iron on shirt. It was Superman flying, and it was Christopher Reeve. And I wore the hell out of that shirt. Wore back when crazy. we couldn't spring, screen print anything to save our lives. <laughs> no, I mean, it was like it's like the shittiest form of like rubberized, oh, yeah. like terrible. Like it starts to crack. Oh yeah, and fade and get all terrible. And I think I wore that shirt until the, the whole. The whole iron on it like peeled off. That sounds about right. It's like, you know, it goes from being a shirt you wear like around, and then it becomes a shirt you wear like in the house, and then you sleep in it, and then it's like a, you don't know what it. Was then it for. has holes around the neck, <laughs> right? Then right. you look like Bill Belichick in a press conference. <laughs> any, any one, dig, dig me one more deep, a deep memory. You gotta give me some kind of like um, subject matter to work from shoes. Oh, You're a shoe well. guy. What's like, the go, first pair of Jordans back. I ever got was like that was years and years of like begging, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so I got the uh, the Jordan five Christmas edition with the twenty three embroidered on it. Mm. And uh, that was that was very that's rem- that remained my favorite Jordan for a long time because I had such a strong affinity for it. Yeah. When I was a kid, you know what what shoes we all wanted when I was like uh like in late elementary school maybe even pony remember pony shoes uh-huh pony high tops maybe they the pony high tops are still cool looking i would wear a pair of pony high tops today if i could find a pair of pony high tops i would wear them i remember i had ruse with the pocket the zipper pocket oh yeah that was poor walter shorts. payton why couldn't walter payton get a better shoe deal than ruse <laughs> <laughs> it seems that seems fucked up the guy was like the greatest running back of like all time did you ever wear spandex shorts as like regular clothes? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I missed it. Although we had like we 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 were running shorts like as kids, like when we were kids, like short shorts. Right. No, like, I mean I'm talking like cycling shorts. It was like a thing. Around. Yeah. Like what, how old were you? I don't know, probably in fourth grade, so I would have been nine. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I. I think I remember kids wearing like spandex shorts around thinking and thinking to myself, what the hell are these kids doing? I had like a pair, black <laughs> pair with like green vertical or green horizontal bars that went down the side. And then I had another pair that was like, I had a checkerboard stripe. Like what am I? I'm Miguel Indurain over here. Like, <laughs> Just wearing, wearing spandex shorts around. Spandex shorts and a t-shirt and like what? Long socks and a. Right. God, I miss those days. It's we sneakers. used to wear our socks. We used to wear the longest socks we could find. That was mm. that was the thing we used to do when we were kids. Now, see, awesome. I, I lived. I was in the era of the push them down. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I I had nothing but like shitty tube socks, but you had to push them down. Right. 
Right. So they look we like were... leg warmers. What? A, oh my god! And I'm, I'm picturing it in my head. <laughs> a, mullet, embarrass, a mullet. Embarrass your yeah. About it. A mullet with a, a spike on my part, some stripes shaved into my sideburn area, uh, a Hawaii T-shirt, 1988, <laughs> spandex shorts. <laughs> Pushdowns, amazing, <laughs> amazing. When I was a kid, we were, we were all like, "You remember Michael Cooper played for the Lakers? Short yes. shorts and the high socks. That yeah, that yeah. was it. That was he was the prototype. He was the one. He was the coolest. All right, that's what we wanted. Maybe I'm bringing that back. I could probably <laughs> do this into it. I could get a curl going. With this hair. <laughs> I want to see you. I want to see you get some spandex shorts and some pushdown socks at a Hawaii '88. Nobody shirt. wants to see that much of my thighs. <laughs> When you're a little kid, you didn't have like big hairy thighs. You could get away with like goofy shit like that. I can't imagine though. Like you just, I mean, like, what? Just a complete? I don't know. What's it look like? I was wearing underwear from behind. <laughs> like my little nine year old dick, like smushed <laughs> against my leg, flashing that tootsie roll all over the place. <laughs> Brutal and amazing. Uh, oh God, awful. funny. All right. You know what time this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. Oh, my God. (laughs) The year is almost over, people. (laughs) The title of a 1794 book by George Hadley. This is the title. Okay. You ready to listen for a while? Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Argal, or the Silver Devil, being the adventures of an evil spirit, comprising a series of interesting anecdotes in public and private life, with which the demon became acquainted in various parts of the world, during his confinement in the meddling substance to which he was condemned, related by himself in two volumes. (laughs) (laughs) Is there punctuation in that thing? Yeah. Every time I pause, there's a comma. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. what, what, he must have self-published because no editor would have let that, like, stand. I don't know, man. In, like, 1794, did yeah, anybody care? Still, yeah, people cared. There was actually literature back then. I mean, people yeah, okay. people understood how to title things. Also, related by himself, so it's an autobiography <laughs> of this demon? <laughs> Very strange. There's a lot going on in that title. Yeah. All right, here's auto racing commentator Martin Brundle. It's like a mirror image, but in reverse. So it's regular. Yeah. That's like talking in, That's like talking behind people's back is actually being in front of them. What? <laughs> what? When you talk in front of somebody's back, you're actually... If you talk behind their back, you're actually in front of them. Just kidding. <laughs> double, double negative. Got it. Fun with double negatives. Celebrity mastermind host John Humphreys. Who formulated the laws of gravity after watching an apple fall from a tree at his Lincolnshire home? Contestant Einstein. Apparently you're no Einstein. (laughs) Was it Heisenberg? I'm uncertain about it. Boson Higgs. (laughs) Here's Al Michaels. This is okay. So this one is not stupid. This is just him being sarcastic. It says a flag is down and what else is new? And a few minutes later, oh, look, another flag. That's an unusual development. Clearly, he's just being snide about the number of penalties being called. This is what is yeah. this doing in here? It's the stupidest thing ever included in the stupidest thing ever said calendar. It's pretty it's bad. December. They're trying to. They're filling. They're just filling. They're just trying to get through the year. Yes, right. much like us. There's <laughs> a retail interaction. Customer, what deals on flat screens larger than forty inches do you have right now? Salesperson. Well, we have this Samsung 40-inch and Sony 52-inch on special right now. How much is the larger TV? Well, $1,000, but just during the three-day sale. If I buy three, can I get them for $1,500? No, sir, I can't. The prices are fixed. But I'm giving you a lot of business here. Yes, but we'd be losing money if I sold you three flat screens for half price. Okay, so what kind of deal can you give me? I can sell you three of the 52-inch ones for $3,000. Great, it's a deal. (laughs) The art of the deal is what that was. Hey, he gave it a shot. I'm going to be lying to you if that that LG signature commercial where the the screen rolls out of that thing. Have you seen this rolling TV? I I know about it. I haven't seen this commercial you're talking about. There's a commercial where like it's in the box and it comes out like a giant piece of tissue, like straight out of the box. Mm -hmm, Like it's mm -hmm. 
a rolling t- rolling roller screen TV, and then it disappears in the thing. I guess I'm, I'm interested. Sure, it, it's way too it's way too expensive. I'm sure. I mean, I don't have the guts to look, but I want one. Okay, <laughs> it's worth it to spend it on. I we got a. I told you this. I think we got a TV uh, during Prime Day for our bedroom, mm. and it's like it was cheap. Yeah, and it looks fucking cheap. Like the picture <laughs> sucks. Oh no! Like no, it's fine for sports and stuff. Uh-huh. But if you watch a movie where there's like a lot of blacks, like the uh, black is the, not black. Yeah, the black is it, terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. Like, well, I'm getting getting what you paid for here. Right. All right. Sign outside of an elementary school in Lincoln, Nebraska. Literacy night, December eighth, five p.m. <laughs> it says L E T E R A C Y. Literacy. <laughs> We talked about literacy being being able to read. Apparently, this person's not even reached that threshold. My daughter couldn't spell literally tonight. And then I said, you literally can't spell it? She's like, literally can't spell literally. I said, that's like two T's and two L's. I'm not kidding. It's just one T, two L's, and a Y. And here we have an ad for a massage chair that says, the electric chair massage. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> Have well, you seen the death pod in Sweden? I saw the death pod. I don't know how it works. You, you get in it and it kills you. <laughs> how? <laughs> Does it matter? The best take I saw in the death pod was don't buy one now. You can get a used one real soon. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's it for the stupidest things I ever said. On to the OT. Overtime. Anyway, there's the uh, that that's a funny joke. I think the other common joke that's going around today about Juicy Smolier is um, it's hard. Sorry to hear. What about did you the, say? Juicy Smolier. <laughs> Juicy Smolier. <laughs> did you not, have you not seen the Dave Chappelle thing about Juicy Smolier? I guess not. Oh, well, Juicy Smolier. All right, so the Juicy Smolier decision comes out. It's like I know he must be very disappointed, but I just hope he doesn't beat himself up over it. <laughs> Easy pickings. That's about that, yeah. Easy, easy dad joke pickings. Who names their kid Jussie? His name's not really Jussie. I, I'm, are you sure? I don't know. His, probably his name's Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy. His name is Juicy Smoulier. I mean, his sister's name is Journey, and it's J-U-R-N-E-E. Oh, maybe it's Juicy. Siblings. Journey Smollett, Jake Smollett, Jojo Smollett, Jockey Smollett, <laughs> Juicy. Jazz. Juicy Smoulier. Do yourself a favor and go to the last, not the not the Dave Chappelle special that came out this year, the one mm-hmm. that came out last year, mm-hmm. and listen to his Juicy Smoulier. I must have seen yeah. this because I definitely watched. You must that. have. You must. It's the one where he's wearing the like the he's wearing like that military sort of yeah. Yeah. jumper. Yeah. Anyway, the Juicy Smoulier bit's pretty funny. Still How funny. Jesse Smollett, thirty nine. <laughs> anyway, hard to say. So the Death Pod. On activation, four liters of liquid nitrogen causes the oxygen level to drop silently to less than 5% in less than one minute. The occupant presses the button and the capsule is filled with nitrogen. They'll feel feel a bit dizzy, then rapidly lose consciousness and die. All right. Seems, seems pleasant. I guess if you got to go. I mean, it's, I mean if, if the reason you're going to die is much more protracted and painful, I mean, I could see where this is, like, not a bad deal. But... You know, wouldn't you want to do it like in the old days where you just have like a, a trusted relative hold a pillow over your face? <laughs> I don't want to struggle. <laughs> you hear the, some of the terrible barbaric stories about the way we put people to death, the capital yeah. punishment. Like this seems yeah. much better than. Yeah, maybe the maybe the, you know, maybe the maybe the capital punishment community will get on board with this. This, uh, <laughs> the no, they want pod. it to be. They want it to be like they want to send a message. Oh man. my god, I want to send a message. The worst. All right, so in the overtime, it's the holiday season, and I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. So we're getting to the what's real and what's not section mm. of of the proceedings. And our younger daughter came home, and you know what? I I love uh, that that school these days is a lot more inclusive, especially about culture, because I think it's important to be exposed to the world, to be mm-hmm. an, a, a well-adjusted adult. I think you need to understand how the, the, the there are people that are not like you, sure. who, who behave differently and do different things, and and they you know a human is a human, and it's important to understand that. But what I've realized is when you're doing that in second grade, 
the second graders are not equipped with the critical thinking skills to sort of understand that this isn't, these aren't factual stories that you're telling. Right. So she comes home and she has a bunch of questions about uh about santa and i think i mentioned this a couple weeks back when i was like well it depends on who you ask right we talked about a little bit about that so this comes Mm -hmm. up again and i I can't remember exactly which story she was asking me about um but essentially these are now you know now we're talking about religion right we're talking about religious beliefs biblical questions in some cases and then in other cases we're talking about like say um like a festival like diwali okay and there's there's quite a few indians in her class Mm -hmm. but I don't think the teacher is equipped to like teach it in a way that's like, you can't teach Diwali to a bunch of kids that don't know about it while also telling them that it's just a set of beliefs because the other kids probably don't feel that way about it. <laughs> this is my culture. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it put her, so we're going through, we're talking about this and I'm like, well, the important thing to understand is these are all stories from the past. And when you ever hear something that sounds fantastical, it was because it was made up by a person to get people excited about whatever the, the holiday mm-hmm. or the reason for getting excited, you know, the, the, whatever we're celebrating. Right. And then she's, she's, she realizes she's like, well, does that mean that, that the things that happened in Diwali didn't really happen? And I'm like, well, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, she, and then she basically told me like, well, I, I believe that that she, like she had already decided that that was real. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's a kid. Well, I realize yeah. that, but it's like, then maybe we need to come up with a better way. Because essentially what you're doing now is is by, by trying to be culturally inclusive, you're teaching religion in school. Yeah. I mean, because you can't, other... you can't, you cannot teach the kids that don't have the belief, how the belief works. Right. But then also give them the context that it is a set of beliefs because yeah. you can't, you can't ruin it for a bunch of the other kids who right. maybe truly do believe in it. This is true. This is, this is, this is, that's a very much a tightrope from a, right. from an educate because you want to, yeah, to your point, you want to expose them to other cultures. Like, right. Hey, it, this time of the year, your friends f- from, you know, whose, whose culture comes from India, they celebrate this and here's, here's the celebration and here's what they, this is why they celebrate it. And that's great for them. Well, how come we don't celebrate it? Right. <laughs> it's like, right. oh, because you're not from India. Or are like, you talking about the oil that burned for eight nights? I mean, there's going to be some kid right. in the class like, no, that shit happened. <laughs> that did. Those Maccabees, <laughs> those Maccabees burned that oil. Listen, I get to eat latkes fried in oil for eight nights. So I'm a believer. Yeah, I'm, a lot I'm, of a believer. I'm a believer. Defined. <laughs> I'm a believer. <laughs> I'm getting a lot I'm of questions. Like, what? Well, the elf, the elf on the shelf is a stuffed animal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how does he? How does he report back? Well, uh, I don't know. Must come alive while you're sleeping. I, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> he comes so, alive I, while you're sleeping and walks around the house. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. I guess it's probably like Toy Story. And she's like, Well, I thought you knew Santa. I'm like, Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, I know him. I mean, I, I can call him, but you know, we're not like friends. <laughs> And I don't know about the elf. I don't have the. I don't. Ma- I don't not, I'm not yeah. like cl- clued into the magic. Right. Right. Well, this is the this is the bonus about growing up in basically a mostly homogenous Christian small town like mine. Everyone's in on it. Everyone's right. in the game. Right. Like it's fine. You live in multicultural Seattle area, and guess what? It gets a little murky. Everyone's ready to tell you that whatever you're celebrating isn't what happened. <laughs> like especially at the little kid level, right? Right. Like, why do you celebrate that? That didn't happen. So, you know, your shit didn't happen. No, your shit didn't happen. Well, and that's where I'm over here going, none of this shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the cynical adult standing in the corner going yeah. through. It's like, you know. It's so. funny with the nine-year-old. I can tell that she's torn between two worlds. She wants to grow up, but she also wants to continue to believe. Like, she well, because, likes the because, idea. Yeah, because, like, Santa bringing you presents is some pretty cool shit. Like, why would you give that up? Why would you, why would you, why would you, why would you want to question that? Like, then I've got to I give wake... my, my parents more respect because they're the ones giving me the presents. <laughs> no, Santa gives me the presents. You are just pain in my ass. If we were smart as a culture, you as the parent would give all the fun stuff and Santa would only bring stuff like clothes and socks <laughs> and like fruit and nuts and things. What? <laughs> Santa, make Santa the bad guy. Yeah, Santa brings stuff, but like maybe one decent thing, but everything Santa else is brought, just like Santa brought you dress socks and underwear. Yep. 
I got you this really cool like remote control car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Santa's an asshole. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we should start doing. Let's let's. I, hey, if you're out, if you got little kids out there, I say you start doing that. Put like the start, good stuff. Start tag giving it with your yourself. Name. Start giving yourself credit for the good shit, and make Santa bring them like shit they need. Yeah, because I'll tell you what. What I've done is conditioned a seven year old who'd be like, "Well, I want this," and I'm like, "Well, that's five hundred dollars," and she's like, "Well, what, is, what do you care?" Santa's just gonna bring it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Uh, that's not how it works. Well, how does it work? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I asked Santa for this $650 Canada goose poncho that I right. wanted. I want it. He, he ain't come through with it yet. Can I get this iPad? I'm going to ask Santa for it. Oh my God. <laughs> when did we get to the point where all the tablets are $500 too? Right. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, all the Apple ones anyway. Not, not, right. I know that you can get like other. No, options, but, but no, it's true. No, I mean, uh, iPad. Uh, did, I feel like you used to be able to get an iPad mini for like 200 bucks. I'm going to ask Santa for an iPad with a, with a cell plan attached to it. Oh my God. Oh, that, oh my God. <laughs> so I know we're running long. We're well into the OT, but that came up also like this whole thing. Well, I want to be able to do this on the bus. And I'm like, well, th- that requires data plan. So what does that mean? I'm like, well, what do you Okay, so you know the wireless here <laughs> the, at the, the house? It goes yeah. with you everywhere. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't, you have to, you know how you can't use the thing in the car? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, same thing with the bus. Like, it was your phone? And I'm like, right, because it's connected to the data. I had to explain. The data. Wireless data. Where the data comes and from. And then I was like, if you want that, you better do a lot more chores because you're going to be paying for six, 50 to 60% of the data plan. So if it's something that's important to you. But yeah, you're gonna have to get some income. <laughs> you have to play for your own data plan. Hell yes! If you, wanna, if you want an iPad with a data plan, you gotta pay for your data plan. So get to get to emptying that dishwasher. goddammit it! Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipe. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week. Next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace.